gotta be close, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Two minutes. 28 after right now? Yep. Megan's on. I am. There's a couple on there. Was it you, Mitch? No, not me. Yet. Doing this live downstairs today with a live audience. My mother. <laughs> I guess it is recording right now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there's that much of a delay? Oh, uh, it's because I just got on it. Well, there's like a 30-second delay. At the end, I'll ask if the audience has any questions, okay, Mom? Well, I got my... Oh, you do have a question. Well, in no, case but you think hold on. Yeah. There you go. She brought a notepad. Nice. <laughs> you ready? Did you, have any, did you bring a notepad to your yoga classes? Nope. <laughs> I would have for you. <laughs> There's no time to write. <laughs> oh, sure. We have six people. Seven. Yay. All right. You don't need to, you're seeing it live. Okay. I'm just on it so I can see if any questions pop up. Yeah, yeah. I missed Ollie's. Mm -hmm. oh, me too. Getting it this week though. It's good? It is 1230 on the dot. Well, welcome to Dr. David's Ask Me Anything. This is what, number three, right? Number three. So we're trying a different angle and different location here. If you see behind me, I've got, for those of you who've never been here, there's some of my apothecary collection back there. And I'm kind of craning my neck up now that I, so anyway, we're trying a different, different look. Uh, remember, email in, what is this thing? Oh, it's asking me if I'm, if I'm interested in going to my own, ask me anything. Okay. So remember, before Monday, if you have any questions that you would like answered anonymously, you can email them in, and I won't um, bring up your name if you want to discuss your itchy butt or something like that. So remember, you can email them in or ask them live right here. So I'll get going here, and if you have anything that pops up, Him. <laughs> they're all right. Hi, rickety hoopy doo. How's that? It's <laughs> fraternity brother. Good one. Good one, Timmy. My fraternity brother just threw out a little uh, part of the, uh, what was that? The chant? The yell? Yeah, the Sigma Nu yell, I think is what it was called. Anyway, um, he said, what's the matter with Sigma Nu? And I said, they're all right. Hi, rickety hoop de doo It's part of the, it's longer than that. So anyway, question number one is, would averaging five good ball movements per week be enough to be healthy? Um, <clears throat> no. You want to have at least one ball movement a day. I've seen different calculations where some, some naturopaths or people at poop doctors will say that missing once a week can lead up to seven meals being in your ball at, at one time. And I'm not sure how they come up with that calculation, but uh, no, it's not good. In fact, we want to strive for a ball movement taking place close to the same time every day. So remember, and I always harp on consistency, consist consistency with a ginger tea, consist consistency with sleep, and ball movements, if they're happening around the same time, that means your system is in sync with nature. So having seven, 
I mean, only five out of seven days, and then if they're falling at different times, then obviously there's something out of whack. So we want to strive for seven, and there's an old saying, it's better to go than not to go. So even if you have to take herbal laxatives to keep things moving, and I'm talking herbal, not the over-the-counter stuff, to keep things moving and build momentum, that's very important. And also using the, um, making the peristalsis uh, muscles work. Like I always say, send them to the gym. They got to start squeezing. So sometimes griping or cramping will take place, but sometimes that's good because people with compacted bowels, little, literally their muscles in the bowel will atrophy or atrophy and they won't function correctly. So you have to make them work. So that's number one. Number two, the question is, um, I have a low sex drive. And my husband has a high sex drive. Is there anything we can do to balance that? Well, the question is on the high sex drive, you gotta make sure it's a healthy high, high sex drive. If it's something that's repetitive, that's over the top, then that can be more of a Vata nature. Because remember, Vata will look for repetition and will look for activity. So if that's being used to pacify Vata through that movement, you gotta question that. Make sure that it's not too excessive. And then the low, and this I was just bringing this up today in the clinic, is that really an aphrodisiac is part of an herbal formula that makes the person feel better. Because if you're functioning well, then natural activities come naturally, and then you want to do them. So when you're not functioning well, you don't feel like doing those things. So the two unique concepts to Ayurveda that I always talk about is the concept of Ama and Agni. And I know I say it over and over, but if your lymphatic tissue is clear, Ama is reduced and Agni is balanced, then those type of things are, are going to happen. Natural rhythms are going to happen. Um, and then something like an herbal called an aphrodisiac would work once the body's functioning correctly. So everything, everything has to happen in order. The body has to be clear of toxins, Agni has to be balanced, and then you can treat the body or the organism to recover or rejuvenate, or in Sanskrit, the words rasina. Uh, rejuvenation. Uh, number three, I get bloody noses in the winter. What do you recommend? Well, winter is Vata time. And remember, Vata is dry, light, cold, rough, subtle, mobile, and clear. And that's what the weather's like. So, of course, we're going to have dry, dryness in our mucosa layers. And that's why bowel, your bowel can become dry. And it's directly connected to the no, uh, nasal mucosa layer. And I don't remember the exact word, that what the anatomical word is for it. But one of the best things you can do in the morning when you wake up, take a half teaspoon of ghee, warm water, down it, stick your pinkies in the ghee, and then put it up your nose and sniff that deep in. So when you get the ghee into the bowel, it's going to dry it. But that's also a mucosal layer that's going to affect the other mucosal layers. So if you, use, if you get it in the nose and in the bowel, it's going to help the rest of the body. So that would definitely help... Uh, nosebleeds in the winter. Number four, my period cramps are almost unbearable. Are there herbs to help the pain? Absolutely. In fact, looking back here at all this stuff, it's funny how some of these um, menstrual type formulas, I literally purchased because I wanted to see the formula. Um, some of these that date back 100, 150 years because it's always been a concern. But also in societies where there's not as many toxins, women don't complain of of anxiety, depression, and pain regarding menstruation. So to give you an answer, is there something that can be done? Absolutely there is. But it, 
it all depends on what is the nature of the imbalance. So if it's a heavy, dull pain, it's treated totally different than if it's a light, um, like a, uh, what would you say, not, not as deep, more of a superficial, like a light stiffness. That's what I'm looking for. And so a light stiffness, what would that be describing? More vata. So what you, what you want to do, you, you look for things in holistic medicine totally different. If someone says they have cramps, well, that's one indication. So what else, what else is off? Now, are they constipated and do they, have a and do they have trouble sleeping? Now that, so those three things with menstrual cramps and it's more of a dry pain uh, coupled with um, uh, bowel issues, dryness in the bowel and sleep issues, it's going to be more of a vata issue. Now, if they're showing signs with, say, yeast infections, they have a hard time getting out of bed and they're sluggish and they have a deeper seated uh, pain with periods, then it would be treated totally different. So just remember, there's herbs, the two primary actions of an herb is either heating, which dilates, or cooling, which constricts. So if you're having cooling type, um, congestive type issues, then you need to dilate. If you're dry and it's, and there's, there's a, uh, like a dryness, the bowel, your mucosa layer layers and stuff like that, then you may want to increase the mucosa with something like licorice root or something like that. So I can't give you a straight answer, but yes, definitely there are things that you can do. Um, my dog gets dry skin in the winter. Is it safe to give him ghee? Absolutely. A little bit of ghee in, in dog's food is wonderful. It actually helps balance them uh, more than you know. And even, I know Meg does it, and Megan Mitchell do it, and I do it. I put a little ginger tea on my dog's uh, food. So a little bit of ghee, a little bit of Shawan Prush. And um, since not many of you showed up today, we've got a lot of leftover kitchery, too. You can even give them kitchery. So kitchery, ghee, ginger tea, very good for the dogs. You guys have a follow-up on that? I think that came from in here. Just so you know, this is the first time we're doing this live. I actually have an audience here. Now, don't laugh. It's only one person. It's my mother. But it's still, as an audience, she's sitting over there. Just clap for me. She even has a little notebook in case she's going to jot down any questions. So we have Mitchell, Meg, Rosalie, and me. And we got a whole bunch of kitchery. So remember, when we do these, this is meant to be interactive and fun. You can come have soup, hang out ask questions poignantly, and um, if there's any personal ones, you can even ask them then. So here we go. What's the next one? How often should I go to the chiropractor? One of my favorite disciplines in holistic medicine is chiropractic. And you look, I even collect chiropractic uh, artifacts. Like this right here is actually, they used to put these on their vehicles. So when they had emergencies or people with acute issues and they had to park like in a no parking zone, they would hopefully not get a, a ticket. And then there's, there's a sign back there, turn of the century sign from a chiropractor. And I even have stuff from what's referred to as the fountainhead at Palmer chiropractic, not a chiropractor, but big supporter and love it. And the question is how often should I go? And that's, that's one of my favorite subjects. If you have, let's say you, you plant a seedling tree, you know how you put the little strings around it and the, the stakes. So it grows straight. So if a child has a bent spine, isn't that somewhat like planting a seedling? So maybe they need to be adjusted more. I'm not a chiropractor, but it would just, let's just use common sense here. If it's growing, the act of growing, 
Wouldn't you want to keep it going right in the right direction? Another example I give is, if, let's say you have a shed out back and it kind of leans. And when you go out there, you look at it and it's under stress when it's leaning. You can see that the, the roof is under stress, the, the beams, the joists, the support is under stress. And then you push it a little bit and it kind of relaxes. It goes, okay, now we're functioning correctly. So how often? Well, that depends on, you know, you should go to a professional chiropractor that's going to give you the advice. But many times you have to go quite a bit to get that seedling going in the right direction. And then after it's going in the right direction and picks up momentum or stability, then, then I imagine you could back off. Me personally, I've gone once a week um, for probably 40 years. And my sons have gone every week since they were three days old. So there's, there's a lot behind chiropractic. And one of, one of my favorite subjects is that um, the word, they use the word subluxation. When there's a misalignment, they call it subluxation. If you break down that word, sub means under, lux is light, and lation means like the action of. So a subluxation is disallowing light. And for those of, for those of you that have attended my lectures, um, the photon is what carries information that creates energy which then creates matter so if there's no light getting into that area that means it's not getting the proper cellular intelligence it's unable to heal itself so the adjustment itself can actually open up synaptic clefts whatever you want to call it to bring in the photon so when the photon is coming in correctly to the dna and is being absorbed through our our basic um uh i won't even get into that but when we're absorbing it correctly and there's an action through the chiropractor opening that up. There's a lot more to it than just getting your back cracked. So it's very important. I, I love it when people that come here go to a chiropractor. It's very important to me. Um, I'm currently pregnant and I'm waking up around 3.30 a.m. And I'm unable to get back to sleep. When you're pregnant, it's real. It's very important. Well, it's important for everyone to dial in your sleep hygiene. So cup of time is 6 to 10. And for those of you that have suffered from insomnia, that inevitably will say, oh my God, I can't sleep all night. And I get my best deepest sleep around six or seven in the morning. And they get so rested. Well, that's cup of time. So cup of time is six to 10 in the AM and PM. So that's when it's easiest for us to fall asleep. So if you're pregnant, you want to get to sleep before 10 because 10 to two is pitta time. And pitta time is more transformational. And if you're, if you're up at that time, you may get hunger that's fake. You may get action where you feel like you need to move or you need to do things. And you say, oh, I get so much done in the middle of the night. Well, that's because you're awake during a time when your metabolic function is making you pr productive. It doesn't mean it's correct. So when you're pregnant, you want to definitely uh, be very good and very strict with your sleep hygiene. You want to be try to be asleep before 10 o'clock. And you want to not eat two to three hours before you go to bed. Plus also drinking ginger, ginger tea is awesome for pregnant ladies. So there you go, sleep hygiene, get to sleep before 10 a.m., I mean 10 p.m., don't eat for two to three hours before bed, drink lots of ginger tea, and things should normalize fairly well because hopefully you're not doing anything like drinking a lot of alcohol or smoking a lot of tobacco at that time to keep you awake. Any follow-ups on that? Here, oh, I'm gonna ask the audience, how is that, any audience? Comments from the audience on yeah, that? Yeah, we one? have a live question. Oh, we got a live question. All right. You ready for it? Yeah. Any holistic recommendations for someone with stage four pancreatic slash liver cancer? 
Ah, uh, that that's like, um, no, I'm sorry. That's way past when tissue's damaged, pathology is past the point. Um, there's so much to the, that answer. There's really no recommendations with herbs or anything like that. Some treatments with frequencies may support what they're doing elsewhere. I don't see, I don't know what treatments they're receiving. I don't know anything like that. But remember, all our cells work on a certain frequency. So bringing in a proper frequency to something that is not functioning properly may be beneficial. I have no idea in this case. I got no idea and I don't advertise for or accept chronic chronic disease. I don't really treat it. So stage four, it's already gone past the point of, um, what I want to say, it's not past the point of no return. Let me leave you, let me give you this question, this answer. The There's an old Ayurvedic uh, saying, it's more important to know what type of patient has a disease than what type of disease has the patient. And so in that case, it would all depend on what the heck is going on. And most of the time I get those questions, it's usually a loved one or a relative asking for someone else and that someone else does isn't even into the holistic side of things. So that's a very in-depth and very detailed and, and very intimate type of question and answer with that. So I know I give a lot of uh, politician type answers, but unless I see someone, it's difficult to pinpoint something. <laughs> yep. Um, I want to do a cleanse before cup of season kicks in. What should, what, when should I start and what do I need? Okay, so seasonal cleansing, the best two times are prior to vata season and prior to cuppa season. We're coming up to cuppa season right now. So right now we have excess congestion that's basically accumulated in our body to protect our organs during the winter. So that's why we pick up winter weight and why we have more mucus and why we have more congestion during, during the winter. So what we want to do before uh, pitta season kicks in and heat, the heat comes up, we want to clear that mucus. The best thing, the best way to do it is what nature gives us. Just like I always say, in the fall, nature gives us apples. It's a great way to reduce the heat that's that we picked up during the winter, the, the pitta season in the summer. Um, nature also gives us dandelions first thing in the spring. So when you start seeing the dandelions come out, that's a good time to start your cleanse. And dandelion root, the in fact, the entire dandelion, you can actually go out and pick them pull out the roots and you can boil those and drink that. That's, that'd be a wonderful way. So what is it reducing? Lymph. So we're back to lymph and cuppa again. So what does it do? It dilates, it opens it up, it gets it out. So uh, dandelion root with a little bit of uh, cayenne if you're not too high of a pit to nature, things like that. But seasonal cleansing can be fairly cookie cutter, but it's, it's always good to personalize it because you don't know what the person's going through with stress-related items, how their sleep is, uh, you know, how their sleep's treating them, what's going on at work, things like that. So to just say, take this herb and do this, it's a little bit more difficult. But think dilating, think about reducing accumulation, and that's the way it would work. A real good, actually even real spicy kitchery for a long weekend, say start on Thursday, and eat nothing but kitchery Thursday through Sunday with good spices and good ginger tea and eat nothing else, that can even act as a um, cup of spring cleanse. Anything on that? Here, I'm going to ask the audience again. Anything? 
Nope, we're all good there. Yeah. Thumbs up. Awesome. See, you guys could be here right now. Think about that. You're over there, and you could be here. And there could be... What's that? Having fun. Having fun. The, the audience said, and you could be having fun with tea and kitchery, right? Yes. Yep. And if you're good, we'll even break out the Ezekiel toast. Um, I burp a lot. What could that mean? It means maybe you drank too fast. No. Upward movement of, okay, um, vata dosha has five sub-doshas. Okay, prana, udana, samana, vayana, or um, apana, vayana. So prana is life force. That circulates through our body. It circulates through the universe. We breathe it in through our nose. We breathe it in through air. It comes from the sun and from the earth. So when prana gets depleted through stress, improper diet, many different things upon a value the downward motion of vata which helps in um eliminating waste downward movement of action uh, menstruation that sometimes when prana gets uh depleted or under stress upon a value will come up to help and what happens then you'll have upward movement of energy so a lot of times if you're burping and you're constipated it's a very good very good chance that apana vayu is moving upward to help prana. So here's the holistic remedy. People always want to know remedies. What's, what would you treat? You would treat prana because prana is, is, is need, needs support from apana vayu. So treating apana vayu, saying, hey, go down when there's not enough prana to balance, it wouldn't work. So now what is it? It's a subdosha of vata. So we treat vata. You see how that works? We went all the way from burping to not having proper downward motion, utilizing the wrong subdosha, causing an action like this. So what do we treat? Prana, which is a subdosha of vata. So how would we treat vata? Again, the ghee in the morning, proper sleep, proper habits, proper food. So that's the way that works. Everyone follow that? Remember, you could be here right now having so much more fun. My, my mom swears that... Is it? Are you? Oh, we have a question from the audience. Go ahead. Is the coronavirus dangerous to the world? Is the coronavirus dangerous to the world? Now I'm going to open up a can of worms on this one because there's there's a lot a lot of proof, lots of proof that certain viruses cannot be seen in certain labs. That if the the collective consciousness of that area does not acknowledge a certain viral activity, guess what? The labs cannot see it in a laboratory setting. That there is a collective consciousness and there is something behind viral activity. And I'll, and I'll just throw this out there. When I was a kid, not a lot of people died of cancer. A lot of people died in their sleep. So I to answer the, that's a tough question coming from the audience today. Uh, it's, uh, is it real? A lot of things are as real as you want to believe that they're real. Just leave it at that. Am I afraid of it? Not, not in the slightest. Not at all. Um, is there a follow-up to that? Part two of that? That question? No? All right. Oh, got a fun question. I see you'd like to collect antiques. Where's your favorite place to go? I just found a real cool one in Livingston County called Livingston Antique Mall or something like that. It was absolutely wonderful. I was down there Sunday. Very good stuff. The, for those of you that are into this, Detroit Antique Antiques and, and Props, that gentleman shut down his place and he's got a large booth there. I saw some real good structure or um, 
architectural salvage and very good booths so Livingston County or Livingston Antique Mall or something like that is pretty cool um, and then I like the uh, Royal Oak flea market that's a good one too so any other questions anything online nope. we got a lot of people here uh, let me see if there's anything else we look like we're doing good so, email. oh we got an email might be one more question coming in here Is it a real one or is it? I think it's kind of no. Okay, no. Meditation tips. Oh, med meditation tips. Okay, there's really okay. So, what is meditation trying to accomplish? Trying to shut down the influence of our ego or our brain telling us something else is real that's not real. So people will say, well, have you heard of you know like I was studying Kriya Yoga, which is Yogananda's version of meditation. Um, I studied that at one time. Then you've got the um, TM, Transcendental Med Meditation through the Maharshi. All of it's the same. All of it is if you can just shut down your mind. And even if there's like, like Osho says, even if it's just a one second gap. So you get a one second gap. The next day you might start getting two seconds. Well, if you do that every single day, you're going to, after a year, you have 365 second gaps. And that's pretty darn substantial. I can't even add that up. What is that, a five minute, six minute? That's a six minute gap. So if you just pick up one second a day in your ability to meditate, you're gonna get six minute gaps in a year and that's huge for all of us that have meditated. That's nice to get a solid six minute one. So yeah, work on the gaps. And one of the things that I do is when you count, you can count up to five and down to one. So you go, you say one and then you, you sit there on the gap. And then as soon as you start sensing a thought come in you say two then you'll get another gap you'll sense another one three so you go to five so you're using the numbers to kick out what you're thinking about then you go back down to one then back up to five back down to one and so then you'll start getting longer gaps you'll go one two you know you'll start building your gaps that way so does that help well guys it's been real. It's been fun. Well, got a thumbs up on that one. Um, but anyway, just just remember, come over here. Come over about 12.15 to 1.15 if you're around. We've got soup. You can join the questions. My mom will be here more than likely. So <laughs> my mother. So anyway, it's good when your mother comes to your live broadcast. So give me give me a thumbs up if it's good that your mother comes to the live broadcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Good to see everyone. Thanks for supporting Blue Lotus Healing Center and my uh, quest to rid the world of lots of things. Take care. I didn't want to say it. You yeah. know exactly what I was going to say. but Okay, I'll get the button here. Okay, love you all. See you soon.